Welcome to True Wisdom, where Andrew and I discuss God's working in our lives through the Bible. Um, There's so many stories about how we can really come to know God better, and so many lessons. Welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Robert. So, a quick question. What is your Mm -hmm. favorite Bible story about Jesus? My favorite story about Jesus? That's it. Okay. Do you believe that's a question that's never been asked of me before? I don't think I've ever thought about that. Uh-huh. Because um, usually it's what's your favorite it, Bible story. Right, in general. And there are a lot of stories about Jesus. I love Jesus. But um, my favorite story, favorite Bible story about Jesus. Let's think about it. <laughs> um do you remember where, where as, as Jesus gets towards the, the end of his ministry, um, he gets more and more pointed with the with the um, scribes and the Pharisees, and there are a couple of scenarios where they ask him a question, and he turns it on them. And the and the one I like the best is where they come at him and ask him a question. And he says, I'll ask you, I'll ask you a question. You answer me and then I'll answer you. The baptism, the baptism of John. Of John. Yes. <laughs> yes. The baptism of John. Now, why that story is so cool to me is the scribes and the Pharisees disliked him and the power he was wielding with the people. And they acted like they had all the power. But can you imagine a group of men who have authority, who have obvious authority, vested in authority in the religion, in their land, and they have slightly bad political authority too. Imagine them coming accosting you on a curve and saying, hey, tell me such and such. And you say to them, how about I ask you this? And you answer me then. And they stop to answer you. Like they yep. totally forget. Yep. The, the impact, like he, he just exerted his influence and power on them, and they submitted to it. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's just cool because at the end of it, they say we cannot tell, and he says, "Well, neither do I tell you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he walks away. And that story has always gotten me in terms of he turned everything on its head. You know, uh, just real quick, my favorite is uh, the three Hebrew boys. And I know people would say, well, what what does that have to do with Jesus? Well, listen, Uh first of all, that's my favorite story altogether, just because of their their response to Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. Oh, King, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. They didn't have oh, yeah. to think about it. They knew what their answer no. was going to be, and they were going to stand by. If he if he saves us, great. If he doesn't, we're good. We're That's not okay. changing our mind. But the fact that he showed up with them, do you know yeah. how powerful that is? It's not just, I'm going to save you. I'm going to let everybody yeah. know that I saved you. I'm going to let them know that because you stood for me, I stand with you in the midst of your problems. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is amazing. That is awesome. So, all right. 
let's pray and then get started. Wait, no, the text. Yeah, I nearly forgot it this time. <laughs> but the, what is our theme verse? Uh, our theme verse comes to us from Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. Excellent. Now I can pray and we can start. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to um, discuss your word. You know how important that is, uh, how I learn better through discussion. And so for me, it is a, it is a well-needed uh, moment. And we pray that those who listen will be blessed and they'll be able to reach out to us and, and share the blessing with others. Amen. Amen. All right. What do we have in store today? I have in store today. Um, before I say that, I, I like the question you asked. I like your answer. Because what you did there is something we want people to understand. You looked at the story. We get caught so often when you talk about the life of Jesus, we confine ourselves to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? We forget, for instance, that in the book of Corinthians, Paul references the crucifixion. Mm. And, he, and he recites it, right? So the stories of Jesus exist wherever Jesus operated. When, when he showed up with Gideon, as we did in an earlier podcast, when he shows up with Abraham on the road to Sodom and Gomorrah, which we did in a, a different podcast. These are all places where the Son of God operated in the Garden of Eden. Like, we need to learn to see Jesus in all of those places. And you picked a, a good one, a really good one. So we pray that as, as we go through these lessons, that you open your mind from the normal confines that, that we have um, grown up with as it relates to Bible study, only seeing certain things in certain places. Mm. Today... We're going to deal with the sign of the prophet Jonah. Oh, okay. Now, sign of the prophet Jonah. Now, it is found in two places in the Bible. That's correct. It's found in three places in the Bible. It's defined properly in two of them. In Matthew 12, in Matthew 16, where Jesus only references it, but does not define it again. And in Luke 11, which is where we're going to. Okay? Luke 11. Yes, we're going to go to Luke 11, the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now, there are a lot of people who believe that the sign of the prophet Jonah has anything to do with Jesus and his resurrection, because it says in three days and three nights, just as, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the in the belly of the fish, it says in one place, whale, it says in another. Um, even so, must Christ be in the heart of the earth. Um, but Christ was buried on the surface of the earth in a cave. So that's not what he's referring to. The other problem is there's no way to get three days and three nights out of the crucifixion and resurrection. That's, this is why people come to all sorts of weird 
series like a Wednesday crucifixion and other kinds of silliness because they realize that this verse creates a problem. The verses that Jesus, the verses in the Bible that deal with Jesus and, and the crucifixion are all referenced by the phrase, the third day, and the third day shall rise on the third day, the third day. There are 13 such references in Scripture. Those are dealing with Christ and his crucifixion and resurrection. But not, not this one. And so many people believe that this passage is in reference to that. We're going to tackle that. Okay. So let's go to Luke 11. We're going to tackle what's really being covered. And we're going to start. Now, we've done parts of this before, dealing with blasphemy. Right? He casts out devils through the bells right, of the chief right. of the devil. Right. But we're not, we're going to go a little further afield. Okay. Let us, um, let's start at verse 29. Verse let's 29. start at verse 29. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, this is right behind the whole blasphemy discussion. Right. Okay. Okay. Start at verse 29. We're going to go through the end. Ah, quite a bit. All right. And when the people were gathered thick together, this is Luke 11, verse 29, he began to say, this is an evil generation. They seek a sign, and there shall no sign be given it, but the sign of Jonas the prophet. For as Jonas was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. Okay, pause a second, pause a second, pause a second. I did say we weren't going to go over to the other one, but I am going to do Matthew 12, briefly. And the reason is, people always use the Matthew 12 version when they're trying to say that this is about um, Jesus being in in the, this is about the death and resurrection, right? In Matthew 12, verse 38, look, look at how it reads. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That is in verse 40. In 41, he says, The men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Okay, and then in 42, he deals with the Queen of the South, but you're going to deal with it there. So here, Jesus mentions three days and three nights, whale's belly, and then he says, The men of Nineveh shall rise up because of the preaching of Jonah. They paid attention to the preaching of Jonah. And you people have a better preacher than Jonah here. And you're not listening. And you're not listening. That seems to do some parallelism with the preaching. But let's go back to where you were, because your verse in in your passage is more explicit. Correct. And it said in verse 30, just read, For as Jonas was a sign unto the Ninevites, so, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. So he's speaking about a sign. Yes, and a sign that the, that the Ninevites understood. The Ninevites don't know Jonah was in a fish. 
Yeah, they they had no knowledge of that. They just listened to his words. No, no, correct. So anything having to do with Jonah that the Ninevites know about is pertaining to this sign. If it's not pertaining, if it's not, then it's not part pertaining to this sign. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Verse 31, the queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Mm-hmm. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. So you see, the parallelism, parallelism, this is important. We've we've discussed this in some other podcasts. When you have a passage or a verse, and then you have another verse which says something similar or opposite, because those are the two options. The next thing is going to be similar or opposite. If If it looks like it's just out there, you need to look for the parallelism, because whenever those two passages come together, they're going to reiterate the point for emphasis, A, and to help you to narrowly focus it. And in this case, it is clear that wisdom was dispensed by Solomon and the Queen of Sheba listened, and the parallelism is wisdom was dispensed by Jonah and the people of Nineveh listened. Therefore, the comparison to Christ is that he's dropping wisdom now Will these people listen to it? it? Has nothing to do with death and and resurrection. Okay. We should answer the question of why three days and three nights. And the answer to that question, the heart of the earth. That that phrase is only used in this passage. It's not used anywhere else. And I shouldn't say in this passage in the Matthew twelve passage. It's not used anywhere else. Part of the earth is the earth. Christ came to the earth for a three and a half year ministry, prophetically, three days and three nights. Three and a half. Hmm. When you look at the day four year principle, he was on earth in the preaching ministry. Jonah preached. Jonah was in the whale in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And Jesus preached for a prophetic three time days, period. Three nights. There you go. Uh, I've often wondered about that in the mm-hmm. because of the nights part, three days and three nights specifically. Okay. Exactly. All right. So we're at verse 33. Mm-hmm. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. For the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Okay, pause. We just got another set of parallelism in here. This time, opposite. Based on that, without looking at a concordance or anything else, what's the definition of single? You see, that's a, <laughs> the definition of single 
should mean uh, living righteously because mm-hmm. the opposite would be the evil. Mm-hmm. So the gist of it is when your eye is focused, single-minded, not wavering, because remember, the, the connotation in Scripture is double-minded, is shifting back and forth, not steadfast, not focused, not firm and sound, you know, um, there's variableness, right? I'm using all these words in when we did the study on James, using all of these words where um, those are Bible words and they mean shifting, untrustworthy. So when you see single there and you're not sure how to look at it before you even jump to the concordance, you don't even need to get there yet, look at it right in the same sentence. Sometimes it's in the next verse or a couple verses away, but this time it's like, if your eye is single, body's full of light. If your eye is evil, body's full of darkness. You know that light and darkness are opposites, therefore single and evil are opposites. It seems uh, straightforward, doesn't it? Well, that's what we mean when we say that the, let Scripture interpret Scripture. That's what we're talking about. You can come to a conclusion, even if you don't know the exact Greek word that was used and all of the ways that it could be used, you can look at this sentence independent of any external resource, which we're not saying don't use. We're saying you wouldn't even have to use it because in this case, within a single verse, everything needed to come away with an understanding of the verse was handed to you. Right. That's a good point. So verse 34, no, 35. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part of dark, the whole shall be full of light as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. Mm-hmm. So what is he saying? What is he saying here in verse 36? That, well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's pretty straightforward. Keep her out of the darkness. If you if you stay in the if you stay in the word of God, if you stay on the path mm-hmm. of righteousness, you're full of light. And then mm-hmm. you can shine brightly. Okay, that's that's a perfectly valid um explanation for this verse. But he's pointing out something that there's always a weakness in a parable or a metaphor, any of these other things. If you put if you light a candle and, and the candles in the open. It can only give light. It has no opportunity to provide darkness. Right. Okay. But he says here, if thy whole body be therefore be full of light, having no part dark. In 35, he said, take heed that the light that is in thee be not darkness, meaning don't have truth mixed with error. Right, that does make sense. Right, so when you look at the metaphors he uses, those metaphors have their limitations because none of them can be mixed. And that's why we're told to be like them. Be complete like they are, all like. Don't be in any condition that would allow you to not be a candle that's lit. 
That is a fair point. That's a fair point. And I think that's one of the things we miss um, when we put ourselves in bad positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can mute our light. It, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we can't repent and be saved, but what damage do you do when you're giving off darkness? Yes. I mean, just imagine. Remember, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. I was just going to say, Re- imagine trying to use a lamp while you're going down a dark set of stairs and it chooses that moment to go out. <laughs> it, 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 it may come, you know, just using a flashlight and it flickers just as you're heading to a flight of stairs. That that can yes. be tremendously bad. Yes. Yes. Um, because think about it, right? Think about this. Um, consider what Nathan, the prophet Nathan, said to David at the Bathsheba incident. Thou hast given cause to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Mm. Given occasion. Occasion was the word. Given occasion, yes. Given occasion. No cause, but you gave them an opportunity. Right? Um, Yeah, so we have to be careful. That's the lesson that Jesus is saying. You can have light and have darkness. It's not an impossible thing. So take care. Take heed that the light which is in you be not darkness. That there be no dark parts. That's why when James says it, there's no variableness or shadow of turning with God. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are we up to? 37. 36. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. I read 36. You read 36. Mm-hmm. And as he spake, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him. And he went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisees saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. And the Lord said unto now, him, we, we did a podcast on this early, 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 early. We're not talking about sanitary washing. Not, this is not about being didn't wash his hands. He just came from the dusty road. He's talking about all of the ceremonial extra. Right? Jesus is going to be uh, is going to focus on the health message. You don't go around healing people all the time and then just do any nonsense as it pertains to health. Not happen. <laughs> right. All right, thirty nine. And the Lord said unto him, Now do ye Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness? Ye fools, did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? So rough rebuke. But rather give alms of such things as ye have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. Pause a second. Mm. Um, Ooh. Right, so that cleanliness again is about the ceremonial cleanliness. Because Jesus is not just saying, pay money and and your health will be fine, right? He's not saying that. The word translated to fools here would be jester or hypocrite, right? So it sounds worse to us now than it would have been then. Although, you know, calling someone a hypocrite is uh, is not that cool either. It's it's still bad. (laughs) 
Yeah, but it's it's not. I mean, we have to understand that that Jesus is not simply cursing people out. Well, here's the thing: it is a sect mm-hmm. of people whose mm-hmm. main thing was the authority of their word. So, if you're calling them fools, yep. that is pretty. Yep. That's that's a mm-hmm. big uh, accusation. Yep. And verse 41, um, I'm not going mm-hmm. to speak about religious practices uh, okay. of certain denominations, but is that, okay, so I am going to speak about certain practices of religious <laughs> denominations. What I'm not trying to do is talk about any people in particular, but is that the history of why it is thought to pay for, to pay to get off of your sins? Indulgences and all those classes Correct. of things. Yeah. Um, I would have to look into that. I don't know the answer off the top of my head. I would argue, though, knowing some of the things, having studied some of these things, a lot of things they just did and then retroactively found verses to support it. It's not a lot of things where they started with, oh, this first, this means we should do this, and maybe took it to excess. There are a lot of things that just started happening. And and they did them, and then realized we might need justification for this, uh-huh. and fought it. Okay, that's so. I point. would have to look to see which of the two fall into this category about the giving of alms. That's a good point. All right, verse forty-two. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Now, we did a tithe thing a few weeks back, and um, here, here's what he's saying. The tithing that you do of the herbs or whatever, the money, whatever, that is good, but you've been ignoring judgment, mercy, and the love of God. Mm-hmm. That's bad. You need to do both. All right. Woe unto you. He's going all in on He's going all in. Verse 43. Mm -hmm. Woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye love that uppermost seats in the synagogue and greetings in the markets. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are as graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. Ooh. Oh, that's pretty bad. Ooh. You just said they're dead on the inside. They're dead and people and people can't tell. People who are on the outside can't tell. Oh. Okay. Then answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Master, thus saying thou reproachest us also. Now watch this. Before you get to the next verse, because because look at what happens. The progression is in verse 42, woe unto you Pharisees. Verse 43, woe unto you Pharisees. Verse 44, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees. Now a lawyer pipes up and says, hey, hey, that's bad for us too. Now what does he say in 46? 46, he says, and he said, woe unto you also, ye lawyers. For you laid men with burdens, grievous to be born and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Mm. That guy walked into that. 
Do you realize that? Because he had not mentioned lawyers before. And the fact that in response to this lawyer saying, hey, you're, you're saying bad things about us too. Now he says, you also lawyers, that indicates that uh, they weren't being spoken about and that guy got sensitive and defensive ahead of time. Well. Mm. Walked into a rebuke. Would have been a good time for silence. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 47, woe unto you, for ye build the sepulchres of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly ye bear witness that ye allowed the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and ye build their sepulchres. Therefore, also... Do you you know what he's saying there? Yeah, verse 48 is interestingly, I understood 47 clearly. You, uh-huh. you honor these, um, these prophets mm-hmm. of the Lord, but it's the same prophets mm-hmm. your fathers killed. It's the right. same people they killed, and now you're honoring them. Without, without condemning what your fathers did. Right, that's verse 48, is that, ah, I see. You allowed, you didn't rebuke your fathers for what they did, exactly. but then you're honoring them as if they're these special important men. You're trying to have your way with your fathers, as well as your way with the uh, um, the prophets. Well, you are you are. See, this this comes up in society today. <laughs> the Bible is always relevant. Never believe that it isn't. Sometimes it's so relevant that you don't notice the problem until it arises in society, and then you're like, "Oh wait, the Bible covers that too." Mm. What's being said here is. Your fathers are the one that killed them, but you're building memorials to them. So you're making it out like they're big. Like, think about how often these people are like, Moses, Moses. But every time we read in the book of Numbers, people are waiting to stone Moses. (laughs) Right? So your fathers are the ones that killed these folks. And you are the one who is is, um, hyping up writing memorials for, for these men, the martyrs. Okay, but the fact that you provide the memorial, but don't say that how they came to require a memorial is bad. Right, right, right. Means that you are in support of both. You just want people to not look at the history and only look at this other thing. And it's a problem when you can't condemn something that you didn't even do. So Jesus is saying when you refuse to condemn the wickedness of the past and you just try to cover it up by by doing a good deed for that person that was victimized. You're saying that you want both sides of it. That you are okay with the bad that was done, and you just like to make it go away from discussion with the good that you're doing. Yes, yes, very much so. That's brutal. And we do see that. We do see that today. Today's society, we're trying to wipe out history Mm -hmm. and wipe out how the history has applied to today, and while Mm -hmm. we're trying to lift up so oh we're going to have a holiday we're going to have a Mm -hmm. holiday for such person but let's not talk about why they actually how they ended up holiday yes yes (laughs) all right uh absolutely verse 49 therefore also said the wisdom of god i will send them prophets and apostles and some of them that they shall slay and persecute and some of them they shall slay and persecute 
that the blood of all the prophets, which was shed from the foundation of the world, may be required of this generation. From the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple, verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. Why that generation specific? Well, they did end up killing Christ, so okay. Um, that's really the sum of the prophets, is that they, they did exactly what he said. They upheld mm -hmm. all these prophets. Jesus mm -hmm. was the fulfillment of what the prophets were preaching, and they killed him anyway. Mm -hmm. Yes. Ouch. Absolutely. And so think about it. It's one thing for them to be guilty of the blood of Zacharias. Remember who Zacharias is? Because we did this in a podcast not too long ago. Um, yeah, you see, now you just put me on the spot because I was thinking about that earlier, saying, wait, <laughs> Zachariah is it? Um, it's something, was mm -hmm. he the one who, and now I'm trying to remember which king he spoke out against. Uh-huh. And they ended up killing him between, see, now mix up stories with the threshing room floor when David went after Joab. That's why I'm, it's the, the floor, but no, this is between the temple and the altar. Right, yeah. Oh, I don't, is this? No, his name wasn't Zachariah. I was thinking of what uh -huh. Joash ended up doing. Okay, which story yeah, yeah. is it? It oh, is. It was? No, no, okay. no. It is Joash. Okay. It's King Joash, also known as Jehoash. Jehoash. Like, it okay. gets complicated because they're multiple names. Right. He's the son of, of Jehoiada, the priest. That's it. And we, we did this mm -hmm. recently. Okay. We did this right. recently. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. My memory is yeah. not... Sometimes it's names that throw me off. I understand the concepts, but it's names that throw me off sometimes. Okay. Okay, good. What is... I know what I was thinking. Yeah, you You did. <laughs> I, I, once you started to say those things, I knew that you were there. Yeah. Here's the thing that's interesting about this. Now, this works in English. I would have to see how it works in other languages. But in English, they're guilty of the blood of all the prophets from A to Z. Yeah. Ah, I see. Oh, that's right? rough. From A to Z, that's what Jesus said. Abel to Zacharias. That's the first point. Second point is Jesus has just said that Abel is a prophet. Yeah. So you have to take verse fifty and fifty-one. Yeah. The blood of all the prophets that were shed from the foundation of the world, from the blood of Abel. So Jesus has just said Abel is a prophet, and it's important. A lot of times when people ask you questions like, where does Jesus ever say Abel is a prophet? He says that nowhere in the Bible. But if you read these two sentences, he has plainly said that Abel is a prophet. The blood of all the prophets from this time to that time, from Abel to this. He's just said that Abel is a prophet. You have to deduce. You have to come let us reason together. Okay, so don't fall for every trap where someone is like, where did Jesus say, or where does the Bible say this explicit thing? Not everything is said explicitly like that. Sometimes you have to read, and this isn't even reading between the lines, it's reading two lines. Yeah. The other thing about it is that um, Jesus, what is it? These are all people that spoke out against someone who is doing wrong. These aren't just generic, he names two prophets who spoke out against wrong that was happening in their presence. This wasn't just generic 
nonprofits that have all sorts of missions. Right. Oh, time is running short. Let's not let okay. me not hold you up. Let's wrap. Let's wrap this up. All right. Verse fifty-two. Woe unto you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering <laughs> in ye hindered. Oh my yeah, goodness. That's that's rough. But it's but it's, you know it's the legalism of the wealth. Is that a legalism problem? I think it goes beyond that. Because think about this. Who else won't enter in and is hindered? Mm. Yeah, that's the devil himself. Exactly. So that's worse than mere legalism. That's a, legalism is a tool of a, of a far worse entity. And, and here's the other interesting thing. Do you see how many Woe unto you lawyers messages are there now. <laughs> Woe unto you lawyers, 46. Woe unto you, it's implied lawyers, in 47. He continues on with some more. The, the statement is pretty big. And then 52. Woe unto you lawyers. They got three. Taken away the key of knowledge. Take away. You've taken away. You, you didn't just not teach people the right way. You made sure to prevent them from being able to teach, to learn the right way. Mm -hmm. Verse 53, and he said these things unto them, the scribes, mm -hmm. and, as, as he said, yes, and as he said mm -hmm. these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things. Lay in wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. <clears throat> so they they basically got into verbal confrontation trying to look for a way to accuse him. Well, they were egging him on, right? Yeah. So the goal is okay, he's talking this stuff, he's talking this stuff. They, they, they're poking him, prodding him, trying to get him to say more until he slips or, or goes above and beyond. Or, they they figured they couldn't beat him and and they were taking what they felt was abuse at his hand, so now they're trying to get him to be excessive hmm. in in order that they can discredit him entirely. But uh, aren't they proving his point at that point? Sure, but they, they were willing to do anything to get him to trip up because once he's tripped, then all the all the effort that they put in before is worth it, hmm. right? Think about when you're having a disagreement with someone, an argument with someone, and that person kind of goes off the rails, and they either get bent out of shape from an anger emotion standpoint, or they say some blatant error. In their in their rebuttal, you know, they were saying all these wise things, and then all of a sudden, and everybody knows that the earth is flat, and you're like, okay, we're done here, right? <laughs> you don't have to say anything. All the good that they did just gets swallowed up in that massive error, and it's as though they never said anything before. So it doesn't matter what you did, but all everyone is going to remember is that they ended on the craziest note that invalidates everything that they said. Yep. That's what they're trying to do to him. Yep. 
All right. So uh, what's your practical application thought for today? Uh, the I, I will say I try to, to point out the practical application pieces in between. But the, the biggest spiritual side of it is you have to look at the context of what's going on to understand why Jesus says certain things. And when you understand it, you can glean a lot of truths from it. Like we should get out of the habit of just going to a verse and picking what's in that verse and running with it without understanding why he said it. Because if you understand why he said it, you may disagree with the usage you were planning for that passage. Right. Right. Also, when no one's talking to you, don't insert yourself in this conversation. It's not going to end well. <laughs> and on that note, why don't you close us out? Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and goodness and love to us. We thank you for these accounts that are recorded that show us significant interactions between Jesus and the people and the leadership. Help us, Lord, that we will rightly divide your word of truth, come to the right uh, conclusion, that we will not get in our feelings about things that are said when we're convicted and try to get and try to quiet the voice of conviction, but help us to respond appropriately and learn to be chastened early rather than wait until we've piled up a lot of iniquity. Forgive us of our sins, be with those who hear this, continue to bless us in this ministry, pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And as I vowed before, we finally have the website up. It is, wait, what was it? Truewisdom.info. That's it. Yeah. I uh, recently got it set up. <laughs> Truewisdom.info. It, you can find previous episodes listed there. And you, we have the communications. If you'd like to reach out to us by email, you can go through and hit the contact button. I'm working on a couple of things, but I'd like you to do me a favor. Test it out and let us know if it works. Now you say, if it doesn't work, how would we ever know? Well, what I'm going to do is go by faith that you guys are listening. And if I don't hear anything within a week or two, I'll go back and check the website and make sure it's actually sending. So once again, that's truewisdom.info. These days, you don't have to put in www, but you can if you'd like. It is um, uh, just a website up there so that you can communicate with us and you can write to us directly at, what is it, info at truewisdom.info. We did do info, right? I forget these things. So we quickly. did. You, you did do info. Info at... And I think we had also done Bible questions, but we can, we can make sure that that's on the page. All right, I'll double check that and make sure that those things are set up for you. Um, and mm -hmm. Andrew, you can get more information at his website. Almost said truth. <laughs> Rightly divide the word of truth. Rightly divide the word of truth. That's at biblestudy.asbzone.com. Uh, we cover a lot of the same um, topics, sometimes from a slightly different angle. And um, when I say a slightly different angle, the, the way the presentation is done is different. And sometimes because of that, I get into the study in a different way. It's not as 
back and forth as this one is. But either way, we're on all of the same platforms. That is Spotify, uh, Google, Apple Music, um, Amazon Music, and a bunch more. Yeah, and and be sure to share, not so that we can get likes or hits or anything of that nature. It's that maybe someone has a question that neither Andrew or I or even you have thought about, and we'd love to hear about it. It it helps us with our own Bible study. So uh, once again, info at truewisdom.info. And we also still have Twitter at truewisdom underscore pod for as long as Twitter is a viable platform yes yes we we make no promises so thank you for listening and we pray you will be blessed